Welcome to the Chris Hanna Show. In today's hyper-connected, always-on world, it's getting harder for many people to disconnect from work. Long hours, early starts, working through lunch, being on call, or catching up on emails late at night, many professionals are incredibly dedicated and hardworking. Commitments vary as well as the things employees want to do outside of work, so it's not unreasonable that many employees are wanting and expecting increased workplace flexibility. Everyone varies in terms of what they need with regards to working when, where, and how they can be most effective. By embracing change in technology combined with the right culture, it is possible to evolve the approach and have a more flexible workplace culture. Gone are the days where everyone needs to work the same hours tied to a desk or a cubicle. Most people assume that workplace flexibility only refers to those employees who work from home. While the location is a big part of the equation, increased workplace flexibility is about letting employees have a voice in choosing when and how they work. With increased workplace flexibility offered, it's possible to produce outstanding and superior results that happen in a win-win culture. During this webinar, I'm going to be sharing the following. We're going to define what workplace flexibility is first. I'm going to list the advantages and disadvantages for both employees and employers. I'm going to dive into a discussion on what is holding more flexible workplace cultures from existing. I also want to illustrate the link that exists between top talent and flexible workplaces. I'm going to offer different types of flexible scheduling, as well as discuss the benefits of them. And lastly, I'm going to share tips to help you implement a more flexible workplace culture. Hi, I'm Chris Hanna, and I want to thank you for attending today's webinar. I'm going to be talking about workplace flexibility and the importance of it, but not only just that, but how to really create a culture where people want to show up to work versus feel the need to show up to work. I've been building, managing, and leading teams throughout my career, and I'm now the founder of Evolving Management, where I help companies and leaders rethink and evolve their approach to managing the employee experience, the culture that we put in place with regards to time, and how we measure performance, and the scheduling aspects of it are critical factors when it comes to the employee experience, so I'm excited to talk to you for the next 30 minutes during this webinar today. In early 2020, I predicted before the pandemic hit that in the years and the decade ahead, everyone will hear more about workplace flexibility. I thought that businesses and technology was going to continue to evolve and that was going to help companies become more competitive and they're going to attract and retain top talent because they're going to be more flexible. I didn't expect that Everything would change with COVID-19 and more companies would be thrust into having to think about these things so soon, whether it's working remotely, adjusting hours, becoming more flexible, but it happened. And when I wrote the article talking about increased workplace flexibility, it was from the contact center environment perspective for an association that I had been contributing to. I never thought it was going to happen to this extent so early. I knew it would get there, but I just didn't know it was going to happen then. So workplace flexibility, we've got to talk about it first and define it. 
For the purposes of this session, I'm defining workplace flexibility as enabling both individuals and business needs to be met through making changes to the time, essentially when, location, which is where, and manner, how and which employees work. It's these three aspects, the when, the where, and the how, that are critical to developing flexible scheduling that works for everyone. The goal is to produce a win-win environment that works for all parties, the business and its employees, including leaders. To develop a flexible scheduling culture, leaders must understand and recognize that when, where, and how someone works matters. So to kick us off, I'd love to ask this question first. And I want you to think about your answer to this question throughout this webinar and as you start to build an action plan of how to become more flexible in the culture that you're working in. So first question is how and when do you work best? What conditions are required in terms of the when, the where, and the how for you to produce your best work? And then the second question is if you're a leader or if you are in HR, someone who has an opportunity to influence the structure of how time is spent in your business, ask this question. How do your team members work most effectively? Keep these answers in mind and think about how you might be able to work in an environment that's best aligned to what you want. And what you want are the answers to these questions. From the employee perspective, significant benefits of increased workplace cultures could include the following. The improved ability to meet personal or family commitments. Think about going to doctor's appointments or taking your car in for an oil change. Those are things that a lot of people might have to schedule time out for in order to do. Might cut down on time spent commuting. There's maybe no more traffic. You avoid road rage. I had an employee ask if he could change his shift and push it back by 30 minutes because that 30 minute window made a world of difference to avoid sitting in traffic as long as he was beforehand. It was easy to do and implement by shifting by 30 minutes. He was so much happier and engaged as an employee. Another benefit is people have better control over their own schedule and environment. From an environment perspective, think about working in an office versus working from home. When I worked in an office in the corporate world, I would be exhausted after the day was done. I'd sometimes come home with headaches or my eyes would hurt. And it's because the fluorescent light bulbs above me were so bright that it caused me significant pain. But when I started working remotely, that pain disappeared. I felt so much happier and healthier as a result. The other benefit is that if you can find a way to work in the hours that best fit your energy cycles, you can be more productive and happier overall as well. Because not everyone is suited to work during certain hours. As an example, I can tell you I am useless at certain times of the day where I just know that I have zero energy with certain tasks. Think about the work that you do. Are there times that are more effective for you to work than others? There probably is. So from an employer perspective, so there are advantages of being flexible. Employers benefit by offering a more flexible schedule, and they might see some of the following advantages. The first is that there's improved engagement. Because when you give team members control over their lives, you make them happier. And that could lead to fewer absences and less turnover, Maybe even a less of a instance of people calling in sick on a Monday or being upset that it's a Monday. You might also see enhanced productivity and customer satisfaction as happy employees 
equal happy customers. Another advantage is that it's going to help enhance the company's image because companies that are perceived to be more attractive for top talent are those who tend to be more flexible in terms of the workplace culture. But there are some disadvantages and downsides too that I think are worth noting and discussing. From an employee perspective, it might be difficult for office-based staff to work as effectively with those who maybe are working remotely. If you don't have the right tools and technology in place, remote workers might feel disconnected. There also could be perception issues. What if someone's hours are different and people don't know? It can lead to people questioning the commitment or asking what so-and-so is doing and so on. There also might be challenges in terms of having that dividing line between home and work. It could be hard to separate the two and that might make it difficult if they are so blended. Some disadvantages of increased flexibility from an employer perspective is that some employees just might not work well in an environment where there is less structure. Some people, it's just, it's not for everyone, whether it's working remotely or whether it's working off hours, maybe working part-time. Some people might think they might be able to do it, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't work. Some people want to have what others have too. And when they don't have it, that can create some additional drama that is such a burden and waste of time for leaders. Because I've had employees who created a lot of drama. They watched and they commented about the activities and schedules of others versus paying attention to their own work. Because increased flexibility didn't work for them, so they almost, maybe unintentionally, try and make it so that it doesn't work for anyone else. I also think that Increased flexibility is only as good as the infrastructure and the processes that are supporting it. I've piloted teams trying to go fully remote before only be let down by the software because it just didn't work well outside of the office. It wasn't until we made the right investment in the technology that we were able to effectively make remote learning work. Now, there are some things that are stopping widespread flexibility from being just the common way that work is done in many organizations. The ability to implement more flexible workplace culture is difficult for some managers and organizations to implement. Perhaps there isn't an official scheduling policy in place. Trust issues also stop some leaders from allowing people to have increased flexibility. Many traditional managers are reluctant to provide flexibility with varied shifts and allowing remote work because of a lack of trust and perception. I've heard some people say that they just wonder, is somebody actually working or are they just doing laundry? Concerned about maintaining productivity and performance, many leaders, they do struggle with accepting that it doesn't matter when and where most work is completed. Other companies and leaders are sometimes just resistant to change. Starting the day working from home, then transitioning in or working remotely, there are plenty of options available for people to be more flexible. Unfortunately, concerning flexible workplace cultures, some companies just don't equip their leaders to handle unique schedules effectively. Despite this challenge, it doesn't mean that workplace flexibility shouldn't exist. It just means you need to have the right support systems, whether it's processes, tools, technology in place to help leaders allow these cultures to thrive. I talked earlier about top talent, and it's so vital that we have cultures where there is increased workplace flexibility. To achieve outstanding results, organizations that offer increased flexibility will win the war for talent. 
Employees who are given more freedom to choose when, where, and how they work, they tend to be more appreciative. And when leaders provide flexibility to employees, maximum effort is returned by top talent who go above and beyond because they are more engaged. There's also nothing worse than losing A players who consistently perform at the top level leave the organization. Life happens and sometimes situations dictate that someone needs flexibility. Making your superstars happy is essential instead of sending them quickly to the exit. Also, people make the difference in an organization as well. Companies can replicate your products or services, but they can never copy your most significant competitive advantage, and that is your people. With the right flexible workplace culture, it's easier to attract and retain the right people who can make a difference. Flexibility can reduce one of the critical factors in keeping someone happy instead of them being persuaded to chase slightly better compensation too. So some examples of other flexible schedules that you might want to consider if you're trying to do this within your organization. The first is being part-time. Working fewer hours than someone who is full-time essentially is what this means. Having part-time workers is quickly becoming the way that many people prefer to work in the future. Many workers are no longer looking for one 9-to-5 job to fulfill their passion and earn a paycheck. Job seekers are now looking to find a part-time job to pay the bills so that they can spend time doing what they love. Offering part-time work means that you'll get to harness the potential of these workers who are specifically looking for that type of work schedule. Now, there are downsides, of course. If you're looking to hire a lot of part-time workers, you might have higher turnover. It also might mean you have to train more people on a more frequent basis, which can be an investment in time and money that some companies don't want to spend. I've talked a lot about remote work, and it's important to note that with a reliable internet connection, allowing team members to work from anywhere is possible. Sometimes this option can be offered depending on the shift or the needs of the business, too. Many studies that I have read have noted that upwards of $11,000 or more can be saved in office space, equipment, electricity, etc. per person if you have more people working remotely. The most significant savings, though, come from having a more productive workforce and reduced turnover, being able to hire the best talent for the job regardless of location. There is a learning curve when it does come to having a remote staff and employers who are used to having face-to-face interactions with their workers might find it a little bit tricky to do if you're shifting to be fully remote. But it can be done. The other option is flexible schedules, where I think this becomes more noticeable when we start counting on results-based versus focusing just on the hours put in for work. Allow employees to have a flexible schedule. That means they can start and stop their day when they need to based on their needs, both personally and professionally. Workers can have flexible schedules both in the office and remotely if they so choose. And armed with the right policy around expectations, these environments can be fantastic, but you don't see a lot of them. Offering flexible work schedules can increase your ability to recruit outstanding employees when you surround them with the right tech. Workers can collaborate easily nowadays, too. Employees who thrive in an office environment may find it challenging to work with colleagues who don't hold the same schedule, so there is that downside that you'd have to think about. Team efforts maybe do require some advanced planning or coordination when it comes to schedules, workdays, hours, etc. 
This is why many employers need core days or core hours during which everyone is working at the same time. For many employees, that transition between the different schedules can be tricky. Some people struggle from a sleep and eating pattern perspective and any changes might really disrupt them. But if you can find a way to create a culture where there are core hours where people must deliver a bare minimum of hours at the same time, maybe for shared meetings or some collaboration, it can make a world of difference for people. All you need to do is focus on is the number of tasks that are completed. More so than that is just actually focus on the quality of the work done. Did they accomplish their goals, their tasks? If you focus on the right things, you can get that done. Now, speaking of get that done, I want to go into a little bit of a rant here on the nine to five. Because unfortunately, the nine to five has become extinct. With technology, everyone is hyper-connected and they're always reachable. And that leads to many people having to work longer hours. They could be checking email in the morning, during dinner, at night, in bed, wherever. So they're working more. Now, companies like Microsoft in Japan were in the news earlier and they had tested a four-day work week and they saw productivity go way up by 40%. And some have found there's a lot of value when they start to reduce the number of hours required. When I think about flexible scheduling, I see it really leading to the end of the 40-hour work week. Because the 40-hour work week, it dates back to the Industrial Revolution. Labor unions had tried advocating U.S. Congress to pass a law mandating the 8-hour workday. And while it didn't pass at the time, eventually many businesses began implementing the approach, with the difference being 8 hours a day, 6 days a week. In 1926, citing increased productivity amongst his workers who had been working at 40 hours than 48 Henry Ford really started to alter the approach and the minds of others, and this led to other manufacturers and businesses starting to work with 40 hours. But almost 100 years have gone on now since Henry Ford had altered his approach. And since that time, the world has changed dramatically. We've seen new innovation, new technology, new ways of thinking, and the 40-hour work week still remains. There are old-school organizations out there and leaders who feel that employees need to work more hours still, not less. In various companies that I've implemented schedules for, I have seen that there is a possibility of having people work less than 40 hours and produce the same amount of results. Because I believe that with limited time available, it is possible to prioritize and focus on the most critical tasks that yield the highest result overall. I recently read that most people only work two hours and 53 minutes of actual productive work each day. So clearly we are giving people way too much time to accomplish tasks or projects because they stretch them out over an eight hour day or a 40 hour week. Sometimes people work on low value added tasks to stay busy to fill up their time as there isn't enough highly productive work to fill in that week. So take a moment and honestly look at the work that you and maybe your team or organization does. Imagine what would happen if you removed just one hour from your day. Do you think that all the tasks and duties on your plate could be accomplished? I hope you do. Because let's be honest, most people don't work to 100% capacity every day. There are distractions, there are conversations, there's little bits of time wasted where people are not working as optimally as they can. So you can reduce an hour per day and still get the job done. You might even be able to do two or three or four. 
hours a day, you can get the same work done. It depends on how you work and the job that you have, but it is possible. Earlier on in my career, when I was a leader, I scheduled one of my teams to work five hours less per week. So I took an hour off per day. Now, I still paid them for 40 hours a week. I did this for six months straight and I wanted to measure the effects. Despite working fewer hours per week, we were able to accomplish more and have better results. We had high levels of customer satisfaction, improved levels of revenue growth, and profitability. And why do you think this was the case? Because reducing the team's hours made a huge difference to the employee experience. It improved their engagement as it gave them more work-life balance. The group was more engaged, so customer satisfaction went through the roof. My employees loved it, and our customers became greater fans of the business and led to us achieving record-setting results. Now, I need to preface this and say that we were in a salaried environment, so this allowed it to work best for us. It doesn't maybe work as well in an hourly environment, but there are people who might take you up on the opportunity to work less because they feel like having that extra hour per day can provide more value and benefit to them in their personal life. Now, I've talked about the advantages and I do want to reinforce some more of these benefits here of flexible schedules. The first is improved employee engagement. As I said earlier, if you have those happy employees, it's going to lead to happy customers. There's the reduced burnout and stress that happens as well. We've got a lot of people struggling with mental health, feeling like they're overworked, feeling like they have less resources, maybe doing more with less. And so when they get a chance to have more flexibility in terms of their schedule, it can make a world of difference for them. And as I've said numerous times now, is that top talent desires flexibility and that makes you a more attractive brand to really bring in the people that you want and the talent that you want in your business. So if you're interested in implementing a flexible workplace culture, here are several pieces of advice to set your team or your organization up for success. First, remember this, workplace flexibility isn't about the organization saying work whenever you feel like. It's not a blank check to do whatever someone wants. There does need to be some guidelines and clear expectations in place. If you are trying to position this as a pilot, you will be more successful though. Because without a formal program in place, many executives and senior leaders are honestly hesitant to allow increased workplace flexibility. Anything that you do needs to be positioned as a pilot initially, and a trial period lets you test what works and reference what lessons need to be learned and apply the next time. And doing so helps keep leadership more comfortable. You want to highlight the benefits to the organization as well. How will becoming more flexible improve the business? Leaders want to understand the impact. What are you trying to achieve? Is it increased engagement? Is it productivity? What's that return on investment as part of this project? And because it's a pilot, you have the ability to tweak and adjust as needed. Sometimes it's necessary to roll a change back or blow up the approach and try something else. But if people know that it's a pilot, it can help make things better. Can the role offer increased flexibility? Some roles might not be possible to be done remotely or at different times. Within each role, there could be opportunities, though, to alter how specific responsibilities are accomplished. Perhaps there are some parts of a position that could be lend themselves to some increased flexibility. You got to take a hard look at the person, though. Some people need more structure. They can't handle being more flexible. It's not for everyone. 
So I always argue that you should start with your highest performing employees because they have the right level of responsibility and the proven strength to often self-manage. So they are the people that you want to pilot first because if performance slips, it's easier to adjust with them than anyone else. Lastly, lead by example. If leaders want their employees to be successful in an environment of increased workplace flexibility, they need to lead by example. Become empathetic for the remote experience as an example by working from home. Or adjust your schedule to accommodate personal appointments that align with your energy cycle. When employees see that their leaders embrace change, it's powerful in ensuring success. As a leader, you should not feel guilty for having a life or other commitments outside of work. Doing so helps employees feel less anxious when it comes to leveraging working flexibly. The importance of becoming more flexible will see an organization's employees more productive, committed, and engaged too. So ask yourself or your team this question. What are your pain points, your challenges, or fears with expanding to offering a more flexible approach to how you schedule? When you know what those are, Find a way to eliminate them. I'd love to know what your experiences have been with remote work, flexible scheduling, maybe even working reduced hours in your organization. Hit me up on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram using the hashtag Evolving Management. I'm at Chris Hanna Show in terms of my username for all of those accounts as well. Again, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're interested in continuing the conversation and you want to connect, Maybe it's just to say hello, maybe it's to work together, maybe you're looking for additional support and coaching, feel free to reach out. I want to thank you again for the opportunity to share the importance of workplace flexibility in today's webinar. I hope that you can work in and help create the type of flexible workplace culture that works best for you. Because remember, everyone wants to work when, where, and how they can be most successful. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Chris Hanna Show. As always, the latest episodes are available to listen and subscribe to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow The Chris Hanna Show on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter. For more resources and solutions, including blog posts, toolkits, ebooks, speaking sessions, and more, visit chrishanna.ca today. We look forward to connecting again with you soon for another episode of The Chris Hanna Show.